Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning, uh, September 19th, 2023. It is 6.09. It is 72 degrees in the capital city. Clear skies on our way to a high in the 90s, low 90s. Once again today, warming back up. Uh, One more day, it looks like we're going to be hitting those 90-degree temperatures back in the mid-80s for about three days before mid-70s for the latter portion of the weekend. Got a good show for you today and a busy one. Tuesday, meeting Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is going to join us. Talk Nebraska news and politics at 710. Uh, we're going to hear about the new Lead Center season coming up from the staff of the Lead Center at 810. 835 today, John Baylor, the voice of Nebraska volleyball, is going to join us. That's in addition to your chance to uh, win prizes with Fantasy Huskers keywords at 635 and 810. We'll count down the five things you're talking about today as well at 735. So busy, packed with a whole lot of stuff and um, I can, uh, man, and, and, and Mark, I know you've been reporting on the accident. No, he's not in there right now. No, nope, Mark, Mark is actually taking a call right Got it. now. He's on the like... phone to doing reporting on the accident. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I can, uh, it looks to me like as of like a minute ago, 27th and Vine is back open. I am looking at the traffic camera and Mark reported a significant accident there last night after midnight. And uh, it's been we've had we've had people taken to the hospital with this as well. Mark will have more details on that. The reports had been that the traffic uh, the traffic was going to be closed here, but just visually, I'm seeing right now, looking at the uh, looking at the traffic camera. Excuse me, 27th and Vine. If I said a 27th, no, that's wrong. It's 27th and Vine. Um, it looks like there's some traffic going through there. Now I can't tell if that means for sure. That it's opened up because now you got a cleaning truck back in the middle of the street there as well. But I believe that we have that back opened up, and that's the latest right there. And, of course, as Mark gets more detail on that, we will pass that along as well. But, uh, again, just just to give you a little bit detail, a little bit more of the detail with what happened on that, it was a little bit after midnight last night. Four people hospitalized. It was a fairly serious crash here. We're still waiting for some detail, too, on the condition of the people who were involved. It was a pickup that uh, had been tracked by LPD from way in the south, um, Nebraska Parkway is on 27th, uh, for, for speeding at that point. Uh, the pickup then ended striking the Coles Pharmacy building, causing significant damage as well. Um, and, well, I guess Mark can give us the, the very latest. Mark, it, it looks to me like the intersection is back open now here. Uh, just looking at video. It is open except for northbound 27th from uh, Vine to W. Okay, except for northbound 27. Okay, and that's, yeah, it looks like they're still doing some work right in that yes. lane there. But I do see people going down Vine Street. East, Just opened a on couple minutes Street. ago. Yep, Just I saw the first cars go the, through. Yeah, Confirm that with Captain Max Hubka. That's where I was on the phone here. Gotcha. Gotcha. Anything else to add on? Well, I was just kind of giving the background I, details. I actually filled in quite a bit. Um, the... the this started uh, near 27th and Nebraska Parkway when an LPD officer attempted a traffic stop on that vehicle. Uh, it fled and proceeded northbound. It was observed by, there, there was no pursuit. They decided not to uh, pursue the vehicle, but the traffic. Okay. Uh, then the uh, pickup truck ran the red light at 27th and Vine, struck 
the eastbound vehicle. Uh, three uh, occupants of the pickup were thrown from the pickup and landed on the sidewalk out there. Oh, by my Cole. gosh. Uh, LPD oh my. officers. By the pharmacy. By Cole's pharmacy, yes. did you say? Yes. Yep. Okay. The pickup uh, actually uh, did some, uh, significant damage to Cole's. And, of course, that's right across the street from the Moose's Tooth. It's been yes. hit a number of times. Yes. Yes, uh, you're right. And uh, Lincoln police were on the scene within about 45 seconds, they said, when the accident happened. Well, they have a station right there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they were also, uh, you know, looking for this picture. Well, yeah, that's true. And uh, LFR ended up transporting all four uh, non-life-threatening but serious injuries. Non-life-threatening. Okay. I wondered... Um, that's that's good to hear. Uh, that's a long distance there, Mark, from 27th and and uh, essentially Old Highway Two, all the way there from 27th and Vine. That uh, that that thing uh, that that pickup was traveling, um, and like you said, the police decided not to continue tailing it at that point. I'm sure they had its information, maybe a license number at that thing. But right. that's quite a ways away from where that thing began. Then. Yep. So anyway, um, that's the latest. Okay. All right. I'll work up that as we go through the morning. Well, I appreciate your appreciate your work on that, getting us the very latest there, and and uh, one that could potentially I know a busy intersection, of course, here that they looks like they were working pretty hard just watching it here. They're working pretty hard to get as much of that open as they can right now. One, um, one thing the, that Captain Hubke did tell me is that northbound twenty seventh from Vine to W probably going to be closed for a couple more hours. Okay. Of course, that's a busy. Yes, it, for people trying. Yeah, people trying to get to so, you know, like twenty seventh and Superior and that kind of thing. And in the Cornhouse Curve. We also posted another story crash at twenty seventh and South Street last night, just before ten. Uh, Chris Lofgren came up on that one. Uh, we've got a picture too posted. Uh, that was somebody that uh, stole a case of beer from a convenience store, tried to get away, ran a red light on Twenty uh, Seventh Street, and uh, was involved in an accident. So at hospitalization. From that accident. Wow. And just a few hours after that, a car would pass that exact same spot on the way to this accident. That's right. Um, boy, okay. So busy night there with uh, with these car accidents, and uh, but glad to hear. When I heard the... Um, you know, when I heard that you had people thrown from the vehicle and that sort of thing, I wondered how how bad the results of these injuries were going to be. And um, it sounds like, at least right now, they're saying not expected to be life-threatening here at this point. Um <laughs> Guys, I have to at least touch on this, and we'll get more into it in the morning drive right now, but did you hear the latest in the Aubrey Trail saga, the Nebraska on, on Nebraska yeah. death row? At this point, he is making headlines once again, and it's quite the bizarre story. So a 55-year-old woman uh, was arrested, according to t- court documents, this weekend. And Samantha Al-Rakabi, she was arrested over the weekend. She's being charged with extortion. And uh, according to the court documents on this, the allegations are basically that she was helping. uh, She was going to write a book about trail and his crimes, his murder conviction and all of those. And somehow as part of that process or not part of that process, I don't know, she befriends a nurse who worked at the reception and treatment center. This is where Trail is housed. And the nurse had evidently been smuggling some things in for Trail, uh, phone, tobacco, those sorts of things. But 
here's where it gets, I mean, here's where it gets particularly weird. These court documents say the nurse had told Trail about ongoing problems in her marriage, and Trail says back to her, according to these court documents, that, well, I'm going to hire a hitman to kill your husband. And if you don't want it to happen, you've got to pay me 25000 bucks. What? So Durst says, I'm having problems with my marriage. Trail says, oh, I'm going to kill him, and or I'm going to get him killed, essentially. But if you don't want that to happen, you can pay me off for that. The woman, not surprisingly, despite having what she described as marital problems, doesn't want her husband to be killed, and so takes out 25000 bucks and gives it to this woman who's writing the book. I'm, and so law enforcement then says he was never going they didn't there was no hitman they were never going to do this this was a this was a scheme essentially and and they got her to take out this money and avoid having her husband killed which trail said he was going to do from behind prison bars she pays off to this author they get the 25,000 bucks FBI gets involved law enforcement gets involved and now she's been arrested on extortion, and Aubrey Trail, I mean, he's already on death row at this point. What in the world? Like, like this, the, the stories with the, the the bounds of, there are no bounds in anything when it comes to the stories with this guy. It's unbelievable. And it's been, oh my goodness, it's, it's just hard to believe. So she is going to be due back in court next month on these charges. And what in the, she was writing a book? Who's reading a, what is going on? So many questions with this whole thing. Uh, all right. Like, <laughs> I've rendered everyone speechless. I don't, I don't know, what, I don't know what to add to that. <laughs> it's just, it's unbelievable. It is, is completely unbelievable. <laughs> it reminds me of a saying my great aunt Vera used to have. Said it takes all kinds of people to make up the world, and boy, have we got them! I mean, what? <laughs> we got all of them. Yeah. I mean, I, can you even imagine this conversation though? Somebody's somebody's confiding. It's already an odd situation. You've already smuggled stuff in for him, and you're confiding in him. Hey, well, things aren't going too well in my marriage right now, and the response to that—I don't know if it's immediate or it took a while or what it is. It's like it's not. It's not. Do you want me to kill him? It's like. I am going to have him killed, and you can stop me, but there's a price on you stopping me, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I first read the story, and I thought it was going to be that they sort of conspired to actually, you know, to go forward with that plan, because she was. that's how this story seems to go, right? If you're watching some kind of a news magazine show on a Sunday night, that's usually how how that goes. But no, in fact, that wasn't it. He said, I'm going to take the initiative to do this, and the only way it doesn't happen is if you pay me. And oh, by the way, he was never going to do it. Because they don't have access. I don't know if he doesn't have access to Hitman. I shouldn't say that. I don't know. but Well, he could have. Bizarre, bizarre story with this whole thing. She got him a phone. Maybe he did it. Well, listen, I bet she regrets getting, you know, (laughs) I bet she regrets sneaking him in phone and cigarettes or whatever it was that that she snuck in there to him and got tied up in that whole thing. That's going to be an issue for her. Uh, Well, yeah, that, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, she's, she's not the target of this particular investigation. No. That probably is not helping her employment situation that this is going to be coming out through this entire thing. So. You've got that as well. And then, you know, just 
unbelievably bad news for Nebraska football on the injury front yesterday morning at the Nebraska uh, media presser where Coach Matt Rule spoke. He opened the thing off in a somber tone, Caleb, because not one, but two of Nebraska's uh, most significant contributors on offense at the running back position are mm-hmm. going to be out for the year in Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin. In addition, you're going to have Dwight Boodle, who's a defensive, back, defensive back, who is just kind of a young guy getting a shot at the at the end of that game last weekend. He also is going to be out for the year, and so uh, obviously not to make, minimize that one either, but in terms of the impact on on the Ooh, team yeah. itself, taking both of those guys out when you're already kind of short of of experience and playmakers on that offense, to take two of them out probably would have been in the that very top group of who you rely on. Whew, it uh, man, it's a gut punch for this for this team right now. Yeah, especially when you look at the fact that you're thin at the receiving and the pass catching positions, and that was not built to be a strength for this team. Just the way you have everybody here, the quarterback strengths, all of those different things. Even the play calling doesn't always lend itself to being a great passing team right now. You were going to lean heavy on the running game. Yes. And you need guys with experience that are back there. Gabe Irvin, your most talented guy. That's why he was he was your number one running back on the depth chart. Ramir Johnson... Matt Rule has talked about him being an NFL guy with his skill set, his ability to to block in the backfield, but also his ability to catch the football and make plays in space. And it's not a bad number three to have with Anthony Grant, who nearly rushed for 1,000 yards last year. But you go from that to immediate... <laughs> it's the depth <laughs> behind him that's yeah. very unproven. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now you have got nine games left on the schedule, and it's... Emmett Johnson and Quentin Ives are are your next two. There's not a lot of carries. <laughs> yeah, both young guys, right? Yeah, young young guys. I, I mean, I, I I assume the idea was Ives was going to redshirt. I'm not sure if that's changed at this point uh, or Johnson too, right? Yeah, yeah, that 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 won't happen because you can't go the rest of the year with just one running back, Probably let alone not. They, even just four games, e- so. even just two. So it, it would be really hard to to find four games and split up. And Johnson may have, and I Johnson, think Johnson probably already played. Got yeah, he probably already played. So maybe they weren't intending that with him. But bottom line is, neither of them have college game experience. And so um, you are going to have to lean. I mean, you, they're going to get some chances. But Anthony Grant, for the first time, it feels like for Nebraska in a long time, is going to have an almost exclusive workhorse back yeah. in this thing. For Probably. I mean, maybe they'll work one of those guys in more than I realize. But Grant's going to be getting... Lots and lots of carries here at this point. Yeah, do not expect a a game for Anthony Grant to have under double digit carries. Yeah, like he ten, tens the minimum, probably Which, fifteen. And he's done that. I mean, yeah, he, he can do that. He, he can he can do that. And and I know first reaction for a lot of people is going to be, oh man, this is the guy who fumbled against Minnesota, who was having you know fumbling issues that Matt Rule was talking about. Which I wonder if Rule kind of wishes that whole conversation didn't quite come up like it did. Because we're not talking about that if he hadn't said it in fall camp. We would have just gone, oh, he fumbled. And here's why. He's lost two fumbles in his career. Yeah. (laughs) That Minnesota game being one of them. Another one last year, I believe, against Illinois was the other one. So he's not... He Look, whatever was happening in fall camp, whatever happened in that Minnesota game, which was a bad fumble at that point, obviously a very costly fumble, but (laughs) knock on wood... He doesn't have a, a career that is just fumbling, fumbling, fumbling like crazy. Mm-hmm. That's not there. Twice. Right. 
twice of all, of all time. Now, he's got he has an interesting style where he needs to get upfield. <laughs> yes, that's that's yeah, a little less east west. That's part of it, but he also is probably the most you know can be the most electric of any of those running backs as yeah. well too. So. Yeah, his his boom capability was up there with anybody. Yeah. Now here's the one of the interesting things that you can't plan on because of the transfer portal and knowing how how deep uh, at face value the running back room was, this would be a great time to have A.J. Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that you don't know. It look, and that room looks stacked. <laughs> that room looks stacked coming into this year. And, and, and in go. the blink of an eye? Yep. That's what happens. All right, it's 625. We'll take a break. That's what's happening this morning. Caleb's got a full sports cast coming up next. 72 degrees in the capital city on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it is time for your chance to get a pick in Fantasy Oscars. Pick number three this week, and the question this week, and well, <laughs> Caleb, maybe uh, the uh, your considerations change a little bit for what you guess <laughs> on this one. The question that we came up with yesterday, before we knew about the injuries at the running back position, was going to be, uh, and it still is, how many yards will Nebraska's quarterbacks have rushing against Louisiana Tech? And they've got fewer options at running back now, so maybe that inflates that number a little bit. I'm not sure exactly. That's for that's for you to decide. If you get that pick, you get to uh, you get to text us what you think, and you get to see if you're the closest and add a little something that more interesting to the game to get that potential prize pack from Alumni Hall and Valentinos. But to get that, you've got to text us the keyword first. That keyword is meteorologist. Ooh, M E T E O R O. L O G I S T nailed it. All right, I gotta really, I gotta think hard now about these things. All right, meteorologist. By the way, why is it meteorol? Is there a reason for that? Do I? Is that? I just like listening just to looking? our friends at ten eleven. <laughs> that's all right. That's for Brad Anderson. Brad, shout out. That's for you. <laughs> shout. Brad's on my TV right now. He can't hear this. He's live on. Yeah, my he's TV. working. He's working. He's working. <laughs> shout out, Brad Anderson. Regardless. All right, there you go. Text in meteorologist four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred if you want to be in the running to get pick number three. And if you don't get it, and you're like, ah, I got to try again. Eight ten. 
Six thirty-five tomorrow. You eight ten Wednesday. All of the Six thirty-five Thursday. Eight ten Friday. Six thirty-five Friday. Eight ten Thursday. Friday. Every day. Twice a day. Every day. You should. I mean, like eventually, I feel like you're going to get one at least. They cycle I, I, through I, quite a few of them. Yeah. Okay. Do have people gotten multiple picks already? Has that some, happened? I think somebody has. Okay. But right. you my, got a shot. I'm just. I'm just. I'm telling people that they've got a shot. That's all I'm doing. I'm the, just giving them hope for this thing. I'm giving them hope for the pizza is what I'm doing. There, There's maybe one or two people that have had multiple picks. This our winner last week, Ron, that was his second second pick. He had a pick in week one also. Okay. But right. not a whole lot. But it's just random. That. We're not doing a... Just, it's just I a let the system dude. pick. The system picks it. The AI picks it. I don't think it's AI. It's just a random thing. Is 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 anything? Is, that just I like just the, call it, it, the computer it, picks it. Is that AI? AI has now become this term that means everything. For a while, <laughs> for a while, that some people use the term blog like that for like anything on the internet was like was referred to as a oh, blog. You're blogging. Like, oh, you're reading the blogs. Well, I mean, I'm reading a website. It's not technically a blog. Oh, you've been reading the blogs, haven't you? Well, I mean, it's just a it's just an online article, really. Now I now here's me doing that with AI. It's a random number generator which has existed for decades on calculators and here I'm calling it AI. But the artificial but intelligence is making the decision. I mean it's it's not a real brain that's bringing up those random numbers, it's an artificial. Have one. we been inundated with AI for more of our lives than we realize? Maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh all right, that's it for fantasy Oscars. Good luck. Text away with Meteorologist, and hopefully you get that pick, and you get all the pizza and all the gear, at least, you know, $50 worth of each. All right, let's jump in to our sound off, Caleb. Shall we do exactly that? What do I want to start with today? Oh, I know. More Senate dress code talk. Ooh, please. Oh, man. Ooh, please. Can't get enough. Can't get enough of the dumb topics around... All kinds of stuff in Washington D.C. right now. We got we got one member of Congress who's going to a musical and vaping in there and <laughs> basically having some aggressive PDA with a date. We got that on one hand. On Nothing the other gets hand, me going like Beetlejuice. On the other hand, we got a senator walking around the halls of the Senate. It looks like he just got out of bed in gym shorts and a hoodie. It's uh, and on all of on top of all of this, we're just waiting for a budget, right? (laughs) Yeah, trying to stop a government shutdown as well. Schumer has yet to. Oh, more on the dress code. Schumer has yet to say what sparked the change, but critics blame one man. Pennsylvania's John Fetterman is well known for sporting hoodies and shorts instead of suit and ties, except on the Senate floor, as was required. The 54-year-old even prides himself on standing out. I feel it's you know a little more freedom, which should be bipartisanship you know what i'm saying so but i don't know why the right side seems to be losing their minds over it like ah dogs and cats are living together and you know like the world's spinning off its axis but you know i think it's a good thing but fetterman's fellow senators are outraged over efforts to ease senate standards <laughs> such a dorky way to say that like, yeah. just, we went we went 10 oh, rounds in, in that man. little two sentences <sighs> I mean, I personally very much dislike dress codes. I, I certainly, I certainly do. Let, let people be. Let people be comfortable, and they're going to be better at what they do. I believe that. Yes, comfort equals happiness equals efficiency equals. Uh, now, you know, some people are not going to like how they look. I suppose I care how some people are. You know, 
So I, some pe- I don't I don't want someone to pick pick me up in a limousine in shorts and a hoodie. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure why that was the that was the first profession what, I what, thought of. What, that, are, you, had a, what are you doing? Going to prom? <laughs> and, nope, can't have them in shorts and a hoodie. <laughs> like, not like, when I not the amount of money I spent on this. Tux. Someone something I don't think I've ever done in my life was the first thing I picked. Where I was like, well, that's where I do need a dress code. That's okay? where we that's draw where the I'm line. drawing the line. Is my limo driver? Other than that, though, totally fine. <laughs> Banker hoodie. I don't care. Totally fine. Completely good. You want to sell me some? Life insurance, right. life tank insurance, top, financial advisor. Yeah, I don't even care if you just go, you go come straight from your workout. That's fine. But limo, limo, you better dress the part, son. Better be, better be a that be a five digit, uh, a five figure tux that you're wearing. And I don't want no half Windsor up there. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh, all right. What else are we gonna do here with this thing? Oh, that we may be. So, did you hear that? Because of the uh, actors and writers strikes that ABC, they're not going to have, I mean, all the networks are in this situation where they're not going to have scripted shows for this year. And so ABC had, had used to historically play Monday Night Football on the over the air channel on ABC. They basically had outsourced it to ESPN uh-huh. last year. Tonight, last night was different because they had two games going on. But I remember how big a deal that was. And this was 15, 20 years ago, when they started putting Monday Night Football on ESPN because people couldn't get it over the air anymore. And ton, a lot of people still only watch TV, right, through mm-hmm. over the air. So they could not see a staple of American society, Monday Night Football. Well, ABC has now decided, hey, we don't, got, we don't have any shows. <laughs> and guess what? Football gets rankings, ratings. And so we're going to bring Monday Night Football back to ABC this year. So that's an aside story. With this whole thing, but you do have a whole bunch of networks trying to find programming that does not involve these striking entities at this point. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the impasse is over between the two sides in the writer's guild. Now, what does that doesn't mean an impasse being over does not mean the strike is over, but it does mean that they're sitting down together. Negotiations between the Writers Guild of America and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers are set to resume Wednesday. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the union said in a communication to its some 11,500 affected members, you might not hear from us in the coming days while we're negotiating, but know that our focus is getting a fair deal for writers as soon as possible. We'll reach out again when there is something of significance to report. The Guild also encouraged members to show up at picket lines to support other writers and the SAG after strikers still walking the picket lines. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Oh my goodness, Kev. We got we got the we got the writers striking. They're finally in pass over. We got the SAG, the actors striking. We got the auto workers. The auto workers who that's are right. striking now. This 2023 is the year of labor movements gone into strikes here that are uh that are pretty significant ones. You you talk about ABC wanting that sports content because there's there's no scripted they, they, content. There's, there's no scripted content, so they're not held up by a, a strike. We already knew that sports content was valuable, right? But but now when you look at it and you go there, there's not the potential for it to be interrupted in the same way. Well, there kind of is because the football players have striked strike before, but yeah, that's a different deal. <laughs> get, get good luck, college football players on striking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. College football, yeah. <laughs> well, Northwestern tried to unionize a few years ago. Well, yeah. Northwestern also tried some other your, things. Your point stands. Yes, your point stands. But uh, yeah, I, that that would be something if they finally be like, hey, yeah, you know what? We're going we're going to professional sports content, and it's like, well. 
here we go. It's another one of those years where we've got a collective bargaining agreement that's up at this point. That almost happened with football a few years ago. Remember uh-huh. that whole summer we thought football might not happen? Well, there was... This was like five years ago. Oh, gosh. Within like the last decade... Oh, maybe this would NFL have been, football, this is. Maybe this would have been when I was in college, but uh, the NBA almost yep. was going to strike. And at the, the time... NBA canceled their finals one we, year. We thought, uh, we thought like Kobe was going to go play in Europe. Yeah. I was getting so excited to watch like Euro League for a little bit. Yeah, the, the NBA had the long, long. That was when I was in college, the late nineties. NBA had the long strike, uh-huh. and then in nineteen ninety four, the baseball season that's ended. Right. They, they didn't play a World Series that year. It just ended. There was hockey's no more. had theirs too, right? Yeah, I think hockey's had had it as well. They've all kind of had their own. Uh, on on another note, did you hear? Speaking of of strikes and relationships with unions, do you see Trump as uh, apparently during the second debate going to be? Uh, going to Detroit and talking with talking to, I assume having some kind of an event with union members, which I thought I was like, whoa, okay, hmm. okay, <laughs> that's that's not what I expected, but yeah, I mean, I kind of understand, but I'm a little surprised as well, or so right because like like again, when you look at traditional part, yes. like where the partisan lines yes. are, yeah, yeah, but. Uh, it, so that's that's interesting. So that's potentially a, a thing here. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, other things that we've got going on. If you've been wondering, perhaps, why you haven't found those, what I think is one of the greatest inventions, one of the greatest advancements in cleaning technology, Clorox wipes. You mm-hmm. guys use Clorox wipes? Yeah. These things are great. Disposable wipes. You don't have to have a nasty rag laying around. They're only second much. behind color catchers. Oh, I don't know what those even are. Color, color catchers for your washer? No, I don't know what that is. Do you guys do you guys separate your wipes? Yeah, I separate. Cut? Yeah. Nope. Throw it all in. You just put a color catcher a, in there. A magic product in the, that you yes. throw in there and it stops it. Yes. I'll have to look at that. We not, have the technology. Sorting Jack. has never been that hard for me, but uh, but you know, to each their own. I, just, I don't know. Just chuck the pile. I in think there. Clorox wipes have clean have completely changed <laughs> the cleaning world. They have completely they have completely changed. Particularly, let's be honest. People who have cleaned the bathroom cleaning world. Mm-hmm. Let's be totally mm-hmm. honest about that. They've revolutionized it in a pretty good way, I think. But you may not be able to find them on the shelves. No, this is not because of COVID. Remember when COVID, those things were oh, gone. Those were gone everywhere. <laughs> like gold. This has got nothing to do with that. It's because Clorox got cyber attacked. What? Bleach and cleaning wipes could be harder to find because of last month's cyber attack at Clorox. The company says it believes the situation is now contained, but it caused wide-scale disruption of operations. The attack was on some of its information technology systems. The company had to manually order and process products. It expects to transition back to normal operations next week with production gradually ramping up clorox says the fallout will cut into this quarter's financial results but it's still too early to evaluate the longer term impact jenny cosola fox news hackers there are student loans about to start to be repaid figure out what would help out america more more than this apparently they found a weakness in the Clorox cyber infrastructure. Um, yeah. On, and that whole thing. So anyway, hopefully they get that all. They get that all figured <laughs> out. Uh, oh, boy. We got another. We got another Amazon shopping created for the Internet event coming up. That is going to be everywhere here very soon. What? Once again. Yes. Amazon. Uh, so it's like every the, month. At the, this the, point. Amazon Prime Day is. Well, it's kind of like how Black Friday 
uh, you know, Caleb, became Black Friday used to just be the day after Thanksgiving or quote unquote doorbusters. Mm-hmm. That used to be just the day after Thanksgiving. Now it's like May 8th and they're like, May 8th doorbusters sale. Line up at 4 a.m. at Office Depot. And <laughs> I kind of miss doorbusters. They still happen all the time. They just. It's just they happen so much. It feels like every day is a doorbuster. Yeah. And that's happening apparently with Amazon Prime Day. The e-commerce giant will be holding a two-day Prime Big Deals Day on October 10th and 11th, ahead of the holiday shopping season. The event follows a summer Prime two-day sale held in July. The entire event is exclusively for Prime subscribers, with some deals being invite-only. Last year, Amazon held sales events during a similar time frame, dubbed the Prime Early Access Sale. However, this Prime Day sales extravaganza will extend to some partners who use the company's buy with prime feature shoppers can already see some of the prime day offers on the company's website hillary barsky fox news oh, these things are just such i mean it's like it's like 10 percent sale and 90 percent marketing is what it feels right like. like there's good deals to be had but there's if good deals to be them, had anytime. Yeah, on a lot of them. Maybe not the exact same thing. And I'm sure people find good markdowns on, on good things on these days. But it feels like so much of this is just the idea of the experience of mm-hmm. I'm going to find it. I mean, again, same thing as Black Friday in some ways. That's that's the model with this whole thing. And that's why people extended that out so much. But if you're constantly in a sale... Right. That's just the price then, right? Right, <laughs> right exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, whatever, I just like to go, I, all I like to do is page through the TVs on those things and just marvel at how cheap TVs have gotten. Isn't it beautiful? It's nice. And maybe buy a few. I'm due. <laughs> I think I'm overdue for it. You TV. need a TV for every Bluetooth speaker you have at home. Uh, well, my dogs chewed up the remotes on all my TVs, oh, no. and honestly, I'd probably buy a TV just to get the remote that comes with it at this point. <laughs> I don't want to buy just a remote. <laughs> well, I mean, it costs like thirty bucks. Like, I'm only half kidding, Caleb. I bought a remote. I bought a replacement remote for this little Amazon Fire TV we have in our kitchen, and it cost me thirty bucks. I guarantee, I go find that TV online. It's going to cost me like a hundred five. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you almost have to kind of think about it. If you're gonna, if they're gonna throw in a TV for just a little bit more with the remote, you got to think about <laughs> for it. Just a little bit more. <laughs> All right, uh, maybe one more here. Let's yeah, see. Yeah. Oh, okay. If if uh, if you've ever wondered about the whole talk like a pirate thing, this, by the way, is you're gonna hear it today later. Probably this is talk like a pirate day. Oh, it's uh, today. It's today. It's back for whatever reason. Uh, well, I know the reason. We finally know. Uh, or are hearing about at least the origins of Talk Like a Pirate Day. National Talk Like a Pirate Day was created in 1995 by two friends in Oregon as a joke while playing racquetball. The <laughs> idea stuck around, and in 2002, the two men wrote to humor columnist Dave Barry, asking him to be the spokesperson for National Talk Like a Pirate Day, and he agreed. He wrote a column about the day, and that inspired people to plan Talk Like a Pirate events and celebrations across the country. Some business are marking the occasion with freebies and discounts. If you talk like a pirate or wear an eye patch to a Krispy Kreme location, you get a free original glazed donut. And Long John Silver's locations are giving away free food if you show up in costume or speak with your best pirate accent. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. What if you've seriously had an eye injury and you wear an eye patch through Krispy Kreme? (laughs) 
And they're like, you're like, this is the uh, most disrespectful thing that's ever happened. Exactly. That is very problematic. Why do we have this urge to insert capitalism into everything? (laughs) Hey, listen, that's the most 1995 story ever. Two dudes playing racquetball came up with this idea. And so they wrote to Dave Barry. To write a column. To write a column. Like it's that is the most nineteen ninety five. The only the only thing that could make that more nineteen ninety five is if a song by like Real McCoy was playing in the background (laughs) at the time. Uh, All right, it's six fifty six. We're gonna take a break. How's your sound off today? Hope you enjoyed it. Right now, seventy one degrees in the capital city. You are listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Just Brett Anderson. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, right now in the capital city, 71 degrees. Coming up during the 7 o'clock. Well, first, check news. Uh, busy, busy night last night for LPD and car crashes. And so Mark will update you on all of that. And we'll have Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, coming up after that. It is 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back on your Tuesday morning, September 19th, 2023. 71 degrees in the capital city. Glad to have you. With us, 25 minutes away from counting down the five things you're going to be talking about today. A little bit later in the show, we'll have John Baylor joining us, voice of Nebraska Volleyball. But right now, it is time to talk about what's going on with Nebraska news and politics with News Channel Nebraska's Joe Jordan. Joins us every Tuesday at 810. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jack. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. A uh, lot of talk this week in Lincoln, and, and maybe I'm I'm curious about the areas that, that you cover and, and the Omaha area as well, about these pink postcards we talked we talked last week a little bit about property valuations and protests and and those sorts of things and we kind of broke down some of the numbers compared Lincoln and Omaha well now we're at a kind of a different chapter in that whole process because of these notifications that went out which i understand are are mandated by state law it's essentially a state law that basically says hey you've got to send these notifications out that have these details on the taxation the valuations etc and then there's got to be also a public hearing 
that goes along with it when those, I think just when those tax revenues jump, can you, can you kind of explain sort of the background to the degree that you can on what the mandates are from this and, and why they came about? Well, basically, if you're collecting more in property taxes this year compared to last year uh, and getting more revenue, then you, uh, uh, I think it's about 2% increase in revenue than you did the previous year in your budget, whether you're a school district, city, or county, uh, then you are part of this public hearing that each county holds. Uh, right now in Douglas County, the hearing is uh, tomorrow night. Uh, there are six uh, political subdivisions involved, the, the larger ones being the city of Omaha, uh, the Omaha School Board. And uh, what it comes down to is, so, so they those six entities are listed on these pink postcards to go to people and say, you know, here's the six entities that are that, that we believe have are a, a, have raised you know too much revenue or they're increasing their their taxes over the previous year and they have to show up. Uh, those entities have to have someone there, a spokesperson for them, to provide an explanation of why they're doing what they're doing, and the public has the opportunity to show up at this hearing and then complain uh, if, if they don't like what they're hearing. Or I guess they could, you know, they could also agree that, hey, this, you know, this city of Omaha needs this more money for whatever reasons, and we agree with them. Um, the curious thing about this to me is, uh, well, there's a couple, several things, but a couple that, that jump out is, first of all, a year ago in Douglas County, when these pink uh, postcards went out, there was some screw up, uh, probably because it was the first year they ever did it, and a lot of people didn't get them. So they had to resend them, and they got their they got them very late. Uh, and then, so the public hearing wasn't all that well attended. Now it could have been because the, the, the there was the, the postcard screw up. It could have been because people who were new to the process and didn't really care or didn't understand it, so they didn't show up. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a very it wasn't a very well attended uh, public hearing. And last year there were nine subdivisions on the list. This year, as I said, there's there's going to be six. I'm curious to see how many people show up this year. Uh, I was told, I don't have it firsthand, but I was told in the recent uh, hearing up in, uh, by Norfolk up in Madison County that maybe 300 people showed up to, to listen and, and complain about what was going on up there. That's secondhand reporting, but I'm pre- I got it from a pretty good source. So I have no, not a lot of doubt that it's, that it's accurate. But for the most part, what, what you were hearing is these hearings are, these public hearings are sparsely uh, attended. Um, the other curious part about this, Jack, is in the budget process, and I'll just give Omaha as an example, but it's it's pretty rote across the state. So in July, the Omaha mayor announces, in, the, in this case, her budget for the coming right. year. Right. Uh, that starts the, uh, the hearings that are held and, and meetings that are held within each, and, and prior to that. Prior to her announcing it in July, in in January, each department in the city of Omaha submits what they think they need for the following for the coming year, and then the mayor takes a look at it and says, "Well, you get you'll get you want you want a hundred you want a million dollars for your department. Well, it's going to be five hundred thousand, or you're going to get you're, we're not going to hire as many people in this department as we are in this department. It's a long you know this. It's a long complicated right. process. Each budget, each department goes through. They give it to the mayor. She makes a decision. She hands the budget to the city council." So late July, the city council gets the budget. They spend August going through it, uh, meeting with these department heads again, getting the explanations to why they think they need what they need, and then they'll make 
adjustments if they see them to the mayor's budget. Well, the adjustments made to this year's budget are very, very minor. So the budget uh, is then approved prior to the postcard meeting. Right. <laughs> so the budget's approved, and but the levy hasn't been set yet. Right. The, 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 the postcard hearing comes before the levy is set. Right. So, ba- so in, in Douglas County, in Omaha, you're basically looking at a week between the postcard hearing and the levy being set. So if any changes are going to occur, you've got a week to figure this out. You're talking about probably millions of dollars that have already been spent the whole year going through to try to figure out who gets what and how much they need or don't need. And now in a week, in effect, the city of Omaha is supposed to figure out what changes it would have to make if it wanted to adjust it according to this, what comes out of this public hearing. I've talked to Jim Volkel at the Platt Institute about this because they've been sort of a, a major push on this issue. Uh, and he's, he, he, there's some frustration that they're feeling. Uh, he, he is, you know, Platt Institute is all behind the hearing. They sent out a, a video to taxpayers across the state that sort of subscribed to their, their uh, uh, newsletters and what have you, explaining this process. It's called truth and taxation uh, is what the law is called. And so it's it's been a complicated process. Uh, as I said, uh, the Platt Institute's a bit frustrated because they know that this timing occurs. And, and, and But how, how do you have the hearing if you don't know what the budget is? But when the budget comes out, it's so late that it, 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 is the hearing even uh, a, a reality? Right. Is it going to change anything? Um, it's, you know, Senator Lou Ann Linehan started this uh, uh, a couple of years ago. It's only been in, in effect two years. She started the push for it a few years before that, finally got it through. And um, I think it was based on uh, legislation uh, laws for one in Utah. Idaho might have been the other one, but Utah certainly has one. And I don't know if it's working any better in Utah than it is here, but at the moment, and it could be just because it's so new that there's a lot of uh, bugs to work out, but at the moment, to me, it looks like a lot of noise, but not a lot of uh, outcome associated with it at the moment. Right. It's just, I mean, yes, it, I mean, it, this is why I've said sort of skeptically the entire time and, and, you know, kind of saying to the taxpayers, I'm like, hey, don't, you know, don't get your hopes up necessarily because you, you know, th- this has happened because the timing of it just makes it so that I don't think any of these entities are really going to seriously consider any of these changes, nor do they have to under the law. Like, it, it would make more sense if... These postcards went out like right before that budget process began and right before there were actual public hearings on the budgets, right? On on right. the that go along with the pro- process of the budgets at the city council level or at the school board level, right? Like that's right. that's what I, I that's what I keep thinking with these whole things. It all, it almost creates I don't know if it's a false hope, I don't know if people really believe it or they just want to get up there and have a chance to but you got you got, you know, the Platt Institute, you got Pillin coming out and telling people to go to these things and and they are, but they're going to go there, and I'm. I I think they're going to be disappointed because not much is going to change with with these things, as you well, just outlined. Well, you you mentioned the, the governor. You know, he sent out a letter to uh, school board members across the state, uh, you know, asking them if they're collecting more in property taxes than uh, this year than last year. Are they getting more in, in revenue uh, authority than they than they need? Uh, trying to put pressure on the schools, and then um, there was a report. Uh, I think it's in the Nebraska Examiner, quoting Senator Luann Linehan, uh, saying that if the schools districts aren't careful, they could lose their taxing authority, which would be a major upheaval in the state. 
because if you take a taxing authority, and I don't even know if it's in the Constitution, I'm not sure where the statute, what the statutory requirement is for, for how the school districts levy the property taxes that they levy, but uh, that would be a major change, whether it's in the Constitution or just the statute. That would be a major change in, 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 in taxing uh, philosophy across the state if now the, the school districts lost that taxing authority and the state's going to decide you know, I guess what every how much every school district gets it almost boggles the mind as to how that process would change. But she said it according to the examiner, and uh, that sort of that quote unquote kind of threat is 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 now out there. What? But go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. I mean, I don't. I, I almost don't blame her for going, to, even though that sounds like a major thing. I don't blame her for going out because right now a big chunk of the strategy, Joe, seems to be from the state level. Those who want to reduce property tax is asking pretty please or having the constituents ask pretty please to essentially reduce spending. And guess what? You've got number one, we got the timing problems with the postcard we were talking about. You also have all of these boards that are elected locally and they're continuing yeah. to be elected locally. And that's yeah. what they're concerned about. They're not concerned about, a, you know, the, a letter from the governor telling them to quit spending. They're concerned about whether or not they're going to continue to be elected and what their local constituents think. And there may be some movement. I mean, I guess Lincoln might be an example, right? There may be some movement, um, the, the, some level of momentum for people to say, hey, we really got to reevaluate the city budget. But guess what? The mayor just got reelected. City council, you know, the city council has a similar makeup in that, in that spot. So right. I just don't know. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, like, at some point, there's probably some frustration with that prong of your strategy saying, uh, this really isn't ever going to do a whole lot, I don't think, from the state level. You need to, you need to kind of bring out the heavier, heavier artillery on this, which they've been trying to do for years in various ways. Well, just to put a, a finer point on what you were saying, saying about everybody being elected, you'd be, t- if, if you take, I mean, that comes down to what, would it, what Nebraska has long prided itself in, which is local control. And the more local control we have, the, the belief has always been the better. So as you said, you've got these school districts, their board members were voted in by the people in their district. And I don't know what the school district, school board meetings are like in, in Lincoln, but in Omaha, they are sparsely attended. It, even the budget, when the, when the school board announces the budget, there's, uh, over the years, if you got more than 30 people there, you would be shocked. And uh, and we all know that the school districts spend more, you know, far more than the city and the county, and their taxing authority is far more than the city and the, and the county when it comes down to how much of their property taxes are going to each each uh, subdivision. But you know, the, the voters, uh, it, 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 it you know, on the surface, it would appear that the voters are, are sort of okay with this, but certain state officials apparently, obviously, aren't. Um, because if, if you know, yeah. as you said, if, if you're going to, if you're running it for re-election and you're telling people what they don't want to hear, you're probably not going to get re-elected. Right. One would if, think. If they want to hear that you're getting, you know, you're, you're fixing the neighborhoods and fixing the streets and all those things. Uh, and as for the school districts, you know that they're, you know, uh, they're coming out of COVID and trying to get things fixed again uh, and changes that they need to make. And there's teacher shortages across the state, and it, depending on which where you live. Um, you know, there's there's significant challenges that are out there, and I don't know uh, that I don't, to put a fine point. I don't know that a pink postcard is going to fix this. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I mean, I think people do believe property taxes are are too high, but I don't know that you know that they're if if this continues to be a problem, they're not changing it at the ballot box, right? right. I, I mean, right. so 
I think that's that's the that's kind of the rubbing. I mean, it's kind of like this situation that you know about Joe, where Congress, right? Congress is wildly unpopular when you when you pull everyone on the perception of Congress. Yet people keep getting reelected to it over and over again. You know, it's the right. it's kind of that same that same principle. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this factors into uh, another legislative session coming up in a few months. And and hey, maybe some of these municipalities, school boards, counties, maybe they'll change things when they get these hearings. Um, and something will be done about it, and the state will be vindicated if that happens. But we'll uh, we'll take a look. Good to talk to you, Joe. I appreciate your time, and we'll uh, see you next week. All right. Yeah. Take care. Thank you, Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska, seven twenty four on KLIN. From Jack Mitchell in the morning to Dan Parsons in the afternoon. And of course, Huskers. 1499.3 KLIN is the voice of Lincoln. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's count them down, starting with number five. Cleanup continues on the streets, uh, 27th and Vine, and inside Cole's Pharmacy on the northeast corner of 27th and Vine. Speeding pickup, ran a red light there uh, shortly after midnight, hit an eastbound vehicle, ended up ejecting three people in the pickup onto the sidewalk after the pickup hit uh, Cole's Pharmacy. And talking with uh, LPD Captain Max Hubka, he said the uh, injuries were serious, but not life-threatening. Those three are in stable condition. Driver of the car also in the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, according to uh, that report. But the uh, initial traffic uh, attempted stop was a minute after midnight near 27th and Nebraska Parkway as an officer tried to stop the pickup for speeding. Uh, they refused to stop, headed north on 27th. There was 27th. There was no pursuit. And ended up with that crash. My goodness. Um, and so, just just to repeat on the traffic end of it, uh, at last check, the northbound northbound 27th was still closed. No, right? no, the, one lane is one. Open. I'm sorry, you said that one lane is open. So I was looking at. I was uh, just recently checking out the video, and it's down now. I can't get it to get back up. But they still had, as of, I don't know, when I came to talk to you, Mark, about 20 minutes ago, they still had the vehicles. At least they still had that pickup there right in front of Cole's Pharmacy. Yeah, it was, uh, And it had taken, obviously, it had taken some really serious damage. Yeah, well. and I just saw uh, that I've, I've got the traffic cam up here, and, and it showed some people inside Cole's Pharmacy uh, cleaning up. Okay. So. And. My, my goodness. And so... Of course, that that's a bad intersection. Well, that Moose's Tooth across the street has been hit by cars how many times? Uh, two, We've gone, at least two. Two, three, three. It's more than that, I think. Uh, it's just... 
I don't know what it is that those things are just set so close to the street there, um, or or what it is exactly. But that has been a really frequent frequent issue, of course. And obviously, you're you know running a red light and driving um, driving away that's unsafe. Um, it, 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 interesting scenario, though. That's a long ways away from. You, Old Highway Two, essentially, yep. uh, to go all the way down Twenty Seventh. Police called off the called off the pursuit. They made that decision to do that, and they were still driving, you know, driving as if they were trying to uh, elude someone. Probably worried, probably thinking maybe that who knows. I mean, I'm not going to try and get in their head at this point, but um, yeah, a bit, and it's been a been a very significant cleanup, and of course, medical issue here since in the last seven hours here. In, in that part of Lincoln. So, uh, all right, moving on. Number four. Abe Irvin, uh, Ramirez Johnson, and Dwight Boodle all out for the season. Uh, injuries announced by Coach Rule yesterday. Oh, and that is devastating. Obviously, it's devastating for any player to, to miss the rest of the season. And then big picture, looking at the, the roster as a whole, you, you're losing one and two off of your depth chart in the running back room. Now it's, it's as Matt Rule said yesterday, it's Anthony Grant's show. It is. And behind him, you've got Emmett Johnson, Quentin Ives. So you've got young guys, not a lot of experience, but they're going to be forced into a situation where they will have to get touches, they'll have to get game time, because you just can't lean on on Anthony Grant for every single snap over the course of a game. But he is still going to get a dozen carries plus a game, most likely going forward. And with your quarterbacks, probably going to need to lean more into the quarterback run game as well. Right. Now, just a reminder, going back to last year, Anthony Grant, he had 218 attempts last year. The next closest to him for tailbacks, A.J. Allen with 33. Yeah. So oh, he, he, he bell-counted he was, up. I mean, that's essentially what he did last year. Mm-hmm. So he's he's gone through it. He has done that. Um Ended up clo- ended up uh, almost with 1,000 yards yeah, just shy. last year and had ups and I mean, let's be honest, had ups and downs. Um, had that big fumble against Minnesota, but hasn't really had a history of fumbling either. And so, Caleb, the big thing is he's got to stay healthy now mm-hmm. at this point um, because he is going to get, like you said earlier, I think you're right, he's going to be getting double-digit carries, I would assume, every single game. Yeah. Well, and then another difference that you had last year they just didn't ha- they didn't lean on the run game. They also couldn't lean on the run game as much despite the success that Anthony Grant did have in spurts. They had a little bit of a passing game that you could go to with yeah, Casey Thompson, yeah. with, with Trey Palmer. Obviously. Like You just don't have that this year with that passing game. So I wonder what that's going to look like with Anthony Grant as the lead role, as the guy needing to get bulk carries because there's just not somebody else that's shown it yet. Hey, maybe Emmett Johnson or Quentin Knives. Maybe they show it that they're like, hey, they can get eight carries a game and take a little bit off that load themselves. But we haven't seen it yet, and there's yeah. just not the passing game Grant. to complement it. It's going to be, unless he's exhausted or or fumbling, it's going to be Grant. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm almost sure of it. So, and I think more more called carries for your quarterback. Yeah, like, like those guys are going to be getting double That's, digits. They I, already have been, but and I know, yeah, I know there's going to be this whole Harburg versus Jeff Sims thing raging on in a lot of places. I think we're going to see both of them. I think it's what Mike Shaver said yesterday, but I think in some fashion, whether it's, you know, changing them out, making a decision to change after turnovers, looking for effectiveness, either or even getting them both on the field, I think you're going to see both of them 
throughout the course of of this year. Uh, you may need to see both of them. But anyway, really, really crummy news. First thing on a Monday yeah. morning, finally coming off of a win. Number three. 55-year-old Samantha Al-Rakabi was uh, trying to write a book about Aubrey Trail's murder conviction and crimes. And along the way, she befriended a nurse who worked at the reception and treatment center where Trail was housed. Uh, but she did that at Trail's direction uh, because the nurse had previously smuggled items in for Trail, including a cell phone and t- t- tobacco. Well, now uh, Al uh, Rakabi has been arrested because it led to what some are saying is an extortion. So Trail, this, the according to these court documents that have been reported out, said the the nurse who's smuggling things in for him apparently develops enough of a close relationship to do that is telling him about her marital problems and the response by trail is is i'm gonna get a hitman to kill him and it wasn't like hey do you want me to do this it was i am going to do this and if you want me not to you're gonna have to pay me Twenty-five thousand bucks. Yeah, it's usually murder for hire, and here it's right. Uh, it was hire uh, the, for not. That's the why this whole thing. Like, listen, obviously, it's yeah. crazy. No matter what, if you're talking about hiring a hitman and killing a spouse and and those sorts of things, but he flipped the whole thing on his head, and she apparently thought he was serious enough that that according to these court records, she gets the money, gives it to this Al Rakabi, the woman who was on the outside, right apparently writing the book to try and avoid her husband being taken out by a hitman, which it sounds like the whole time they were bluffing about. They weren't really going to do that. They were just trying to get... He was running a scam from inside prison on death row. And probably a scam about the book. (laughs) I wouldn't be... I would not get... Listen, I think I speak for... I think I speak very reasonably when I would say I would not enter a business relationship with that man at this point. (laughs) I mean, are you kidding me? This is crazy. This is crazy. And so now this this woman who was going to be the author got involved in this whole thing, and now she finds herself arrested um, potentially for extortion on this whole thing. And you've got a woman who was concerned that that someone from inside jail was going to have her husband killed because she talked about their, you know, whatever marital issues that they were having. Unbelievable story. Yeah, 1011's got the details on yes, it. Yes, they uh, do. It, it is, you know, when you, when you talk about crazy news stories, uh, you've probably got a picture of Aubrey, Aubrey Trail uh, fairly yes, close in a, the, uh, the definition. Uh, 100%. Number two. A bunch of business organizations, including Lincoln Chamber, Lincoln Independent Business Association, Nebraska Cattlemen, Nebraska Corn Growers, Nebraska Farm Bureau, Pork Producers, Nebraska Soybean Association, they all got together. They co-authored a statement about Southeast Community College's budget proposal, levy increase on top of the valuation increases, and expressing concern that they're raising their tax levy to the max because this is a floor year following the legislation that the uh, that was passed last year that will fund community colleges in the future differently. Uh, so they're they want so, to capitalize on this to get their floor as high as possible, and, and the, they're calling people out. Sorry to interrupt you, because the state's going to fund it rather than going through a property tax yeah, levy after, in the after, future. Yes, there'll be some uh, the ability to to uh, go to property tax taxes for some capital funds 
but the state will begin funding community colleges at this four level and then an increase uh, each year. Not this year, but are, next year. Are you surprised there are this many entities behind this? No. And do you think it will be, you think it will impact SEC's decision? You think they'll walk I, this back? I, I think there's a lot of pressure and it depends on how, uh, how the board reacts. Um, this this was our deep dive subject on last Friday's business beat. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, podcast, and you we go deep into all of the, the things that that go into this. But the public hearing that's required by the what's called the pink card law uh, is tonight, six thirty, and they're expecting a big number of people to show up for this hearing and to uh, speak against this, especially on Southeast Community College, but also. Uh, the city of Lincoln uh, having a public hearing as well as LPS. Right. So, Which, which by the way, I, as Joe and I talked about, I mean, they're so far down the, the path on those, and that's been such an extensive process. I don't think those are changing. Those budgets are changing. But yet the focus is on SEC here. Because it's it's way higher. Because it's way high, and because it's this unique situation like you had talked about with the state law, right? That's Yes. I mean, that's yes. why it stands out in, and, in and, kind of a different way. And it affects, I think it's 13 or 15 counties. Right. Because SEC has taxing uh, capability throughout their system here in southeast Nebraska. It's also a little bit of a, I mean, with these entities that are behind this, it's a little bit of, I mean, it's kind of a tense situation, too. Because these are typically organizations that have a good, close relationship with the with the Southeast Community College, especially especially with their their efforts on workforce development. Right, yes. Exactly. That's what. Yeah. That's Absol- what I was getting absolutely. to. So that makes adds a little awkwardness to this whole thing too. It, it does. But we're talking about significant sums of money and going forward, setting the floor at this high a level, and I believe the number I I can't quoted directly, but I believe SCC has got about $20 million already in their capital fund that they have not allocated out. So, According to the story by Chase here in our, our newsroom, uh, tax, th- th- this is, yeah, that's the number that he he quoted in the, in the story there. You can read that whole thing. It's, Chase has a write-up out at KLIN.com if you want some and more. And you can read the, the, uh, the joint, the co-authored statement there as well. Okay, yep, KLIN.com. Okay, uh, all right, let's finish things up. Number one. Well, the conspiracy theorists are coming out of the woodwork on this one. I, we haven't talked about this on the show yet, and I made a mental note, Mark, that we had to get this story in. It's weird. The crash site for the stealth fighter jet that went missing over the weekend was pretty stealthy. Pilot ejected, uh, but they found the crash site yesterday in rural South Carolina. They asked for the public's help because evidently they didn't know they exactly where it was. They couldn't find it for... The stealth jet was Multiple doing what it was days. designed to do. They uh, they couldn't find it for a long time. I mean, you would think since it's a, a jet. Um, so parachutes to safety in North Charleston neighborhood about 2 o'clock on Sunday. They take him to a hospital, and then they're looking for the jet that entire time and finally find it late yesterday. And then the Marine Corps, here's the interesting mark on this thing. And and I'd be interested in what somebody who has more experience with you know the the military in this situation. The Marine Corps announced earlier Monday it was pausing aviation operation for two days after the fighter jets crash, um, which is by the way apparently the third costly accident they've had in recent weeks as well with this whole thing. 
And so they did that while they were still searching for it. They ended up, they were searching lakes for this thing. They thought it must have went into water, and that was part of the reason why it wasn't. So, but when the when the Marines paused that whole thing, Mark, there were people reacting like uh, they must think this thing got hacked or yep. something. It was on auto, autopilot, got hacked, and there, Which, there you go. It doesn't look like that's what happened. Well, I don't know. I guess I guess you can't completely rule it out, and, but to the extent it got hacked, it still yeah, got crashed in a rural area in South Carolina. And you know that they're going to be uh, securing that area very, very quickly. Yeah, but it's that's crazy that you can lose a jet like that. $80 million. <sighs> Unbelievable. You know? Yeah. Yep. All right. That uh, is <laughs> just a little more than your uh, electric pickup. That's true. That's true. One of those sweet Rivians. It's close. Just How many Rivians could you than, get for that? Not four. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it for your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Boy, Nebraska, pitch yourselves. What a rally. The Huskers poured it on. It's 11-4 in the first. Think 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Thanks, Mariah. We'll see you tomorrow at 635. Uh, 635 and 810 is uh, when we do our fantasy Huskers keywords and Mariah brings us into. And I've asked her. It's it's a hard contract to negotiate where you tell uh, Mariah, I'm going to need you to sing the same 20 seconds of your 90s hit about 700 times uh, over the course of a fall. But, you know, master negotiator. She's no stranger to just... Right. Belting one song on repeat right. over the course of a oh, season, and you should see the rider. Holy cow! <laughs> anyway, nonetheless, we got a we got a keyword for you if you want to get a pick in fantasy Huskers. What is our keyword this week? Uh, this morning, I should say blues. Blues. B l u e s. Blues. Yes? Got it. Okay, blues. Text that in if you want to pick in fantasy Huskers. The question, if you get a pick, is how many yards rushing do the Nebraska quarterbacks have combined? And since they're getting fewer and fewer running backs as the season goes on, <laughs> you might want to take that in to account. All right, it's uh, time to talk about some fine arts in Lincoln and another season getting going at the Leeds Center. It feels like it was just a few weeks. I was uh, I was at the Leeds Center watching Hamilton multiple times. We already got big stuff coming back again. We've got Matthew Boring from the Leeds Center joining us right now. Hi, Matthew. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing good. good. How was your summer? 
Um, so, summer was great. Um, you know, th- this year, um, it's opening weekend, believe it or not, the season of the right. Like, this weekend is the opening weekend. So, technically... Which is weird, because I was just there. Technically, <laughs> Hamilton was the sort of the grand finale of last year's season. Okay, um, so we had like a few weeks off yeah, season, cu- basically. A cu- couple weeks off. Um, we actually replaced the, the whole stage floor. It's a once-in-a-decade project. Um, really? Yeah, it, it was kind of a, just as a an, an offside uh, kind of topic, but it, it's an amazing process to see the whole... Stage floor uh, get replaced, and they, you know, they weld these linoleum seams together. It's it's kind of a crazy process, but really, that's done. Um, that was done in time for the symphony concert last week, and then this weekend we're kicking off our season with the Blues Brothers on Friday night. Appreciate the shout out on the Blues promo code. Extra reminder there. There you go. And Emmanuel Axe, um, eight time Grammy award winning pianist, um, coming up on Sunday. So yeah, it's a it's it. It's probably the biggest opening weekend we've had in the twelve years I've been at the league. Let's talk about these shows a little bit. Each of uh, each of them, um, Dan Ackright and Jim Belushi, actually doing this Blues Brothers show. What should people expect with this show if they're considering going? What's well, a it, it's a, it's a really rare opportunity. You know, if you if you look at their tour schedule, you know they're only doing about eight dates um, throughout the country, mostly arenas. You know, major cities in Chicago and Dallas mm-hmm. and places. So um, it's it's a really big get for us. Um, and you know we we were able to have Jim Belushi um, about eight years ago, and he you know he he mentioned he had That's a great right. he had a great time in Lincoln, um, and so you know he was one of the people that really helped us to get this deal locked in and confirmed. Um, you know based on his past experience, and we we sold great for his comedy show, and um, so Blue, Blues Brothers this week it's a it's about an eleven piece band um, plus the plus Ackroyd and Belushi out front. Um, you know, so it's not a it, it's not a to tracks pared down kind of thing. They really try and bring the the Blues Brothers experience, you right. know, as, as if you're, you know, I, I love the Blues Brothers movie. I grew up watching the Blues Brothers. Sure. And I just that feeling of of seeing them on stage in the big auditorium in Chicago. That's what they're trying to recreate. Here right. In Lincoln. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a trip trip into the movie trip into the experience. And like, yeah, I didn't re- I honestly didn't realize they were. St- Still touring, doing this. Yep, doing this thing. You know, Dan so, Aykroyd. You know, I, I, I had no idea. So this yeah, is really cool. Yeah, they for for a while, uh, Jim Belushi toured with. Um, they they, they kind of rebranded the band, the Sacred Hearts. Okay. Um, and so he was he you know, he's a fabulous harmonica player. So expect some amazing harmonica playing. Um, on Friday too, and so he he was touring with that band, and I, I think in recent years, um, you know, he he was able to get Aykroyd back it back in the picture. Yeah. And, um, that that's obviously you know. That's an incredible. That's an incredible combo. Right, uh, right. to be able to have the two. Of Big them. draw. Yeah, without a doubt. Very limited. Doubt. Very limited tickets. Um, Friday for that night. One. For, Fr- yep, this Friday, seven thirty. Okay. Um, I I would check. We 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 were able to just release some tickets in like the the very front two rows in the orchestra pit. Oh, so if you're looking for tickets, check those on the side. And then we also we had a, a few tickets kind of in the back by the soundboard. Those are great seats. I sat in row Z for Hamilton, and it's like. It's almost like a box seating experience because that last row is just a little bit raised up. Yeah. Um, and so th- those would be the two places I would check if you're looking for some last-minute Blues Brothers tickets this Friday, cool. but mostly sold out for Friday. So then uh, switching gears, uh, very much so, between the two shows that are coming up, and then you've got Emmanuel Axe coming in. For people who don't know, who is Emmanuel Axe? So Emmanuel Axe is an eight-time Grammy Award-winning pianist, um, frequent collaborator with Yo-Yo Ma, um, and Leonidas Cavacos, who's a violinist we had last year, um, just really, really celebrated, you know, plays with all the major orchestras, all the major concert halls. And w- one of the things that makes this Sunday's concert 
you know, really a momentous occasion is um, we have a new Steinway uh, D grand piano. So it's a it's a nine foot Steinway grand piano that Emmanuel Axe helped pick out at the Steinway factory in New York. I um, saw that. I saw this in some news reports about yeah, this whole thing. So it, you know it. Mostly, you know, Bill and I weren't going to be the ones to pick out a, a once in a generation Steinway for the lead center. Um, we obviously have opinions, but right. um, we were feeling more confident when Emmanuel Axe said, Oh, well, I'll call, you know, I'll call my representative at Steinway and I'm sure we can set this up. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll listen to him. I'll come help you pick it out. So um, they, they pulled out five, five Steinways for him. Um, to play and and he he noticed differences between us. Like, really? Yeah, that's what I wondered when I heard the story. I was like, yeah. how does this guy exactly pick between these pianos that are all incredibly meticulously crafted? There's there's just you know when you're when you're hand building, they said it it, it takes it's like sixty pairs of hands to build a Steinway piano, and so when you have that much you know craftsmanship happening there's just going to be differences in sure you know how the tone board is regulated how the you know h- how heavy the lacquer was applied and different things and so he said you know especially for a concert hall that's the size of the lead center you know, 2200 seat venue you know it, it has to have a p- the piano has to be something that can really fill that kind of space and have like a really lively presence um but but feels really easy for the artist to play yeah so um uh, of the five that they that they picked um the he he picked the one that Steinway thought he would pick. Which, oh, really? Which was, I, I'm sure, confirming for them, too. I'm sure, yeah. That's got to feel good for them when they're like, all right, we think this is the one. Um, but then he actually picks the one that they selected, too. So That's cool. Yeah, like, it's always kind of a cool story to have going along with that piano, too, right? Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> it's been it's it's been in one of our, our basement warm-up rooms, and a, a bunch of the master's and doctoral uh, piano students have been... Uh, playing on it. I mean, like all day, every day, just right. you know, get, getting any of the the, the last minute, you know, dust and pieces. Out if of I, it, if so. I walked up to it, I definitely do the. I can still play Axel F from Beverly Hills Cop. I go. Somebody would probably like, please don't do that on that piano, yeah, sir. Yeah, they they they, <laughs> they they gave me a, the university gave me a degree in music, but it was in trumpet, and I they they haven't let me play my like freshman keyboard skills material. That's too bad. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be better than my Axel F. It probably right? sound probably sound or, good on the. Piano. Do that. Yeah. I can do all those songs. So, oh, sorry. The, well, I'm going the, off the, my piano. Skills. The good news for both of us is that um, it's going to be Emmanuel acts on stage on Sunday instead of us. <laughs> instead yes, of us. Either of us. Yeah. yeah. What's the show going to be like? Um. So he's you know he's selected. A, it's it's a pretty traditional program. Um. There's some Chopin. There's um. I think there's some Brahms on the program. Um. But yeah, it's I I've seen Emmanuel acts um three times and it's. He's one of those artists that when he plays, it just, it somehow looks effortless. And I don't know, like, I, I'm sort of even more amazed by artists that are able to do that. Like, yeah. he's, he's in that, like, kind of Itzhak Perlman category where it's just like, how do you put that much sound out? Yeah. And how do you do it so effortlessly? Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't think there's a secret to it. I think they just practice a lot. Yeah, that'll be, <laughs> that'll be a great show. Um, wow, very cool to, to have him here. Uh, what do people need to know about that show? Uh, it's Sunday, right? Yep, that it, one is it Sunday. is Sunday at 4 o'clock. Um, and then uh, another one people might want to mark their calendars for is we're coming up on a full week of Aladdin. So again, yes. again, we just wrapped up Hamilton, but you know, one of the biggest Disney shows on tour right now um, is, is Aladdin, and it's coming October 3rd through the 8th. Um, and so we, we've got some fun things going on um, for Aladdin that week, too. So I've seen Lion King on Broadway. Is mm-hmm. this, I mean, is there 
I don't mean to say they're the same thing, but is there kind of a similar, you know, a Disney movie made into musical? Yeah. Di- is, there, Disney, is it comparable? Yeah. Di- Disney only makes musicals one way, and yeah. it's 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 the full Disney magic experience, you know? So um, if you haven't seen Aladdin, just the magic carpet effect that they're able to pull off in the show oh, yeah. is, is, in my opinion, worth the ticket price. Like, it cool. is it is truly spectacular. Um, cool. The performances by the genie, obviously, you know, Robin Williams in the original movie, but right. the, 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 the comedy that the genie is able to bring into the show, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it'll it have you laughing out of your seat. Um, the music, obviously, is incredible. The staging is incredible. Um, you know, the, 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 the King Ali scene at, at the end, I mean, there's yes. just animals processing and it's cool. it, it is is an over-the-top disney broadway experience very cool so, very cool so october that, 3rd to 8th that's coming up th- 3rd to 8th and then just i think more largely is people maybe they've already probably seen maybe the schedule and say hey i should get some tickets to some of those things i want to do that what should they know about kind of looking forward to the season and and maybe picking some things out in ways that they might do that that would benefit them yeah so um you know, if you haven't been to the lead before and you know, you want some advice on, on tickets, places to sit and things, uh, you know, you're always welcome to call the ticket office. Um, they're happy to help you. Um, we do, we do half price kids tickets for most shows. Um, and so that's a great way to see, you know, see a show with your family. Um, and I just always tell people, you know, try, try and look, you know, if you're looking 30 to 45 days out, you're usually going to be fine on tickets. Yeah. It's when you start getting in that like seven day window, like Blues Brothers, where, yeah. you know, we, we've sold 2,100 tickets and there's only, you know, 2150 seats or something like that. Uh, So usually, you know, if you're in that, you don't need to be, you know, months and months out, but if you're in that couple weeks out, um, it's usually still a good time to get great seats. And I know we'll talk about this more, but Les Mis coming in January. I mean, I assume you expect that's going to be, you know, very big high demand. Yeah. You know, Les Mis is, is really the first, you know, major Broadway show in Lincoln, Nebraska history, you know, in the, when they, when they opened the Leeds center in 1990, that was one of those shows that that first full season they had Les Mis. And so mm-hmm. we're, our history is connected and, yeah. you know, we, we haven't had Les Mis play Lincoln in, you know, over 15 years. And so now, it's, I it's, was, it's I a, went, I, had, huge, I went last time they did it. So, it's, a, yeah. it's a huge deal to have it back. It's, it's in, it's the, it's in early January. Um, and this production, if people saw Phantom of the Opera, um, it's the same producer. So Cameron McIntosh, okay reimagined phantom in that in the tour we had a phantom he's done the same thing with this les mis tour and mm-hmm. so um they took all these victor hugo paintings and digitized them and made them into these moving led screens that fly all around really? the stage it is a it, it is a spectacular production you'll never see so anything it'll be different. like it'll be different if you've seen it before it'll yes. be di- different yeah. in some yeah. ways and, 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 unless you've seen les mis in the last you know eight eight or so years um, you've never seen anything like this production. Cool. Um, and it's it it is truly spectacular. I only see it every thirteen years when it comes to Lincoln. So that's I, I, I'm, I'm, I, that's when I'm I'm probably going to go at least five times. Yeah, because I, I I'm I'm sort of a Les Mis super fan. Sure, so. I get it. Uh, and by the way, just kind of going back, speaking of going to a show multiple times, I went to Hamilton multiple times. It was great. Um, just, just kind of reflection from pulling something that big off with the lead center. How did it all go? It looked like you had great crowds. Tickets were hard to get, which yeah. is good. And the performances were great too but curious about your kind of take on that whole that whole event yeah you know we we ended up with over thirty three thousand people um 
you know, at Hamilton. And so the, wow. you know, the, the, the second week that we had Hamilton, you know, it made Lincoln the number one Broadway market in the country, you know, <laughs> and that's, you know, that, you know, there, there's, that's awesome. there's, there's Broadway running in Chicago and at the Kennedy center in DC and in that's Dallas, cool. and, you know, all, all these major cities. And so it really, you know, it, it puts Lincoln on the map and it's, it's, it's great for us being able to bring bigger shows in. Um, we, we also really appreciate, you know, all the downtown partners and the restaurants and hotels and the bars that, you know, stepped up to like, get people out the door and into the show. Cause I, I know how big of a lift that is, yeah. you know, when every night, 16 nights in a row, you know, we, we've got our volunteer ushers, we have our staff, we have our facility crew, production crew, but then all these businesses too, you know, they're, they're kind of experiencing the same thing we are, which is, this is an every night thing for two weeks. Yeah. And it's a, it's a huge, huge undertaking to be able to yeah. pull that off. Well, and that's what I wanted to, and you addressed it was, it, you know, the, that the fact that it went well, the fact you had good crowds, the fact that I, I assume and hope that the the cast and and everybody associated with the musical itself had a good time. That that might mean those some things like that are possible again. Right, in the future. right. You know, everyone's looking. You know, it's 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 kind of the same for our arena. You know, people say, you know, will the arena be successful?" And you yeah. you come out that first season, and it's like, "Yes, this is going to yeah. be successful." Yeah. And I think we've we've definitely shown that the lead the last you know five to six years that. You know, with Phantom and Book of Mormon and now having two weeks of Ham- Hamilton almost sold out. You know, I, I think the, the, the biggest Broadway shows are, are still yet to come in, in awesome. Lincoln. Uh, it, it was funny. We were, I was going the second night, the second time I went and I'm what we went out to eat and I parked and I'm driving down there and walking right in front of us. My wife goes, what? That's one of the people in the cast right there with their coffee right before the performance going in the back end of the, the lead center. We're like, oh, there's another one over there. Yeah, well, so. they, yeah it, it's also a big lift for the cast to do, to do a sure. show for two weeks solid. I so, can't imagine. Yeah, I can't I, I, imagine. I, I don't think that they go they go light on the coffee or the water, which is which is smart. <laughs> yeah. Smart to do both. Well, Matthew, uh, hey, great stuff. Uh, sounds like a great schedule coming up, not only this weekend but for the year. And always enjoy talking to you, and look forward to doing it again soon. Best of luck. All right. Thanks so much. Appreciate yep. it. Matthew Boring with the Lead Center. Check it out, leadcenter.org. If you want to get tickets for any of those shows that Matthew talked about there, that's a place to look for them. It's eight twenty five. We'll take a break. It is LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers, intercepted at the 15, and the Huskers have it inside the red zone. Think 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. All right, 
voice of Nebraska volleyball. Last time we were talking to him, he was out on the West Coast. Bright and early has now returned, and Nebraska has two more match victories against ranked teams during the course of that week, JB. It's been a good week. Impressive. Very impressive. Wow, that's that 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 Stanford match especially. Um, that I don't know. It, it felt like a lot of people who have been following this team said, "Okay, hey, I thought I thought they were going to be good, but I also thought they were young. You know, going into a road environment with a team like Stanford was going to be a tough test for them. But when they passed it like they did, mm. I think." People might have even. I know you're not going to like this. People might have started to elevate their expectations a little bit for things after that. There's no way you can elevate. Or just uh, maintain and strengthen. Maintain and strengthen. Already, the expectations are way oh, high. Oh man, but. three to one in the way that thing went down against Stanford and then Kentucky afterwards. It's just they've they've looked they've looked really good. And then Stanford pulled a reverse sweep. Okay, I hate that term. By the I've way, I've never heard that. They term. keep say they said it 43 times the other night when they yeah. had those two matches with reverse sweeps people get it makes ex- no sense people get excited when they add vocabulary to <laughs> the language they think hey i'm the guy it's, it's, i did that it's not a sweep it's no. a, a reverse sweep would just be getting swept i no. think no. well you typically sweep forward and a reverse sweep is when you're in the kitchen you're like ah let's go backwards with you know with a, that's the reverse <laughs> not, sweep I motion it. i've heard it in like a playoff series so much more than i've heard it in really? I, just, I still how does that work like oh four red sox yankees <laughs> Down yeah. three, love. They yeah. want That's oh, boy. How did you come up with that one out of all of the three O series? <laughs> huh? Any other examples you could have given? It's like you've thought about that one. Game a lot. seven of that series is on an infinite loop in my house. <laughs> I bet it is. I bet it is. Well, tell us what. Tell us what you saw. What your takeaways, just generally from this week of volleyball, was for Nebraska. How has this impacted the way that you look at this team? Well, I always thought this was a special bunch. These five freshmen and transfer Merritt Beeson have just injected such energy, swagger, and skill into this program. Remember, you only got 14 players. And with two injured the other night, you only had 12 players. And half of them are brand new. Uh, six of the eight to 14, and the other night it was uh, five of the 12 are, are brand new players. So it's just changed a lot for the better uh, in the program. And we hadn't had a lot of you know highly rigorous competition. Although Kansas State, I think, is is underappreciated, especially mm-hmm. when they're at home. Mm-hmm. But this was different. And yeah. Stanford at home, three three thousand fans, and they are absolutely a candidate to win the national championship. Anything less than a title is a disappointment for them. This is Kendall Kipps last year. She's been there forever. Mm-hmm. Cami Miners, a first team All American as well. She's their setter. They're absolutely loaded. And Nebraska, for the most part, felt in control. You yeah. had a sense they were managing that match. And then for Stanford to come back and, and beat Louisville in five makes you think, okay, well, Stanford is for real. That was in a highly impressive victory, especially on the road. But now you have to start thinking, okay, Louisville's in the conversation, too. Mm-hmm. I thought Stanford would take care of Louisville pretty comfortably. I mean, it was 15-12 in the fifth. So Louisville's in the conversation, Stanford's in the conversation, and then definitely Wisconsin's Uh, in the conversation, for sure. And with Wisconsin, you not only have this supreme court test with highly skilled players across the net. I mean, Yulia Orzel has been a starting outside hitter for this team for two years, one of which, when she is a freshman, they won the national championship. Mm -hmm. She has been relegated to libero suddenly because they have Temi Thomas-Ilara, the transfer from Northwestern. They have Sarah Franklin back, the former transfer from Michigan State. 
Yulia Orzel is not even one of their top two outside hitters. That's how loaded she went Wisconsin to Libero. Is. She went from yeah, outside hitter to Libero. She's playing Libero, which no says kidding. a little bit about their depth at Libero. If she, for you know, you wouldn't think she would be an elite Libero like boom right away. Right. Secondly, the fact they're still going for the second consecutive year with a two setter offense that MJ Hamill and Izzy Ashburn are not elite setters. So Kelly Sheffield's not trusting either one of those with a 5-1 offense. And you're thinking, well, if they're running the same players for two straight years, they're going to figure out the two-setter offense. I still think, though, I mean, that's not a strategy built late into December. October 24th, already uh, getting bulletin board material up. October 21st, sorry, October 21st. It's on my cellar wall. Don't show up. Every day I just start scratching off some cinder blocks. Saturday, October 21st. Not that there aren't like eight games prior to that. Eight More than that. Stay focused. Don't peek ahead. Do not peek ahead. I'm a fan. I'm allowed to peek ahead. Uh, How about you, You talk about, you know, somebody who's a contributor moving from hitter to libero for Wisconsin. Kind of the same token. Nebraska has to go to its bench because of injuries against Kentucky, and they pull off Allie Batenhorst off the bench, yeah. who was, you know, two years ago, was leading Nebraska to a national championship game, and he's, she's coming off your bench now. Um, and she performed like, you know, like you thought she would coming off the bench, but there hasn't been a lot of time for her this year. Very little drop off when you go to the bench. This is. Coach Cook's steepest team. He's already said that. And so when you go to the bench, it's just minute drop. How about Maisie Bo- uh, Bozy? Yeah, she played well, too. I mean, you got to think about her playing more now because we realize she can really pass, but boy, can she dig. You give her a role, you let her stay out there for more than just a single rotation when she serves. Wow. I mean, she had three remarkable digs in that one minute and 12 second rally. Yeah, I was going, obviously going to talk to you about that. Where is that in the pantheon of points that you've called? And what was the experience like for you? It's probably number four. Let me give you the first. No, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I had another one I liked, but I had a dangling participle. So I decided Piscataway 2013. Yes. It's like when I was in cross country and buddies on my team, the bus would fight over what Grateful Dead album was on. And they'd be like, hey, man, this is Providence, 1982. No way, dude, man. This is Toledo, 79. Anyway, I uh, I uh, don't remember uh, great rallies as well as I should. Man. That one was noteworthy, not just for its longevity, but for the playmaking. Yeah. The, 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 some of those digs by Lexi and, and Maisie were something crazy Maisie. She was I unreal. like that. I li- just yeah, you're right. Just sacrificing the body going out. There were there were legit in Kentucky had a couple of them too. There yeah. were six or seven points where where I was like that this point's over. Okay, yeah, couple, this point. couple things too. Kentucky found themselves on Sunday night. This team has plenty of talent, but they had very young outside hit. Well, one's a transfer from Oklahoma who's been a disappointment. Six four Megan Wilson, and then they've got uh, Brooklyn. Uh, uh, I can't remember last name on the outside six two, and they she, Brooklyn. Uh, that's her first name. Uh, w something. I'm looking it she, up. I'm getting it for you. She emerged. She hit well, and the transfer from Oklahoma, Megan Wilson, hit okay. Anyway, they are delay. Lo- by the way, delay. Uh, delay, delay. Thank you. Yes, yeah, delay. Yeah. The middles are are elite. The setters elite. Even though she's only five nine, the liberos li- elite. They're going to be just fine, and they just. They had just too rigorous a schedule, and with all these changes in youngsters, they just weren't ready yet. They now realize they had the Huskers on the ropes on Sunday night, so they're thinking, okay, 
This is going to be another Kentucky year. They've won six consecutive SEC championships. They've been to regionals five of the last six years. So they are going to be just fine. This, even though Kentucky's two and six, this is a team that's going to be built for December. They uh, they have some athletes on that team, but oh. not that tall. But some of the uh, was Rutherford that hitter. Oh, oh my, my goodness! God. Reagan Rutherford had yes. nineteen kills. Holy moly! I I broached the the name Destiny Hooker two thousand six. Destiny Hooker in 2006 had 21 kills against Nebraska down in Austin. That one went five. The only reason the Huskers win that match is that Destiny Hooker, at the very end of set five, rotates to the back row. And back Mm. then, she was not yet playing in the back row. And that cost Texas Uh, that match. If they had, from day one, trained her to be a six-rotation player, they win that match and a lot more, maybe even a title. They never won a championship with Destiny Hooker. I feel like the weight room is working in Kentucky. (laughs) I mean, they looked looked big. A Johnny Dealer in the middle. and. Getzinger, they, they've got some real Emma Grom. Yeah. This is an impressive team, even though they're two and six. But uh, so that, that it doesn't, you know, you beat a two and six team in four, and you're on the ropes. You're thinking, uh oh, the Huskers it was not their best match, but again, they found a way against right. an an underrated opponent that's coming together. The, Nebraska hasn't had the, you know, obviously they've had the gaudy defensive numbers for a while here, but they haven't had, you know, those, they, the, the full seasons that they've been up there, uh, in the leaders offensively. You're seeing a little bit of that sometimes now in some of these matches. How close is this offense to getting to where you really need to be to have that full, complete defense offense spectrum here? Approaching. With you can see yeah. it from here, but it's, it's yeah. night and day from three weeks ago. Okay. I mean, Merritt Beeson's your conference player of the week. Harper Murray is your conference freshman player of the week. It's just it, it, that a lot of that's offense, right? They don't right. usually hand out those well, awards based on digs. And Andy Jackson's hitting. I mean, yep. one time I checked, she was over 500. I don't know if she is she's, still. But she's right there. She's just not getting enough swings. But got a lot set of attackers. those middles. Set those middles. JB, set the, we said it last year. STM. We were right then. We were right then. We were like I, I've been saying about football, score touchdowns. We've been saying that for years. <laughs> and, and, and nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. It's no. like it's like your basketball team loses a game. Look, look, athletic director. I, mean, I told him to hit the threes. I told him. What listen, do you want me to do? Like, I'm loath to be. I told you so, guy. Yes. But I think I did. Here I'd be in an this awesome, situation. I'd be Set. an awesome swimming coach. I'd be like, guys, uh, we got to go faster. <laughs> Does everyone hear what I'm saying? We got to go faster. <laughs> and like uh, they, they dismiss me. I'm like, what else? Can I, I talk. I, they won't. Li- yeah, yeah, I don't know, but it is, I mean, this is, it's almost cliche to say it, but it's still, it is crazy that, that all of, that Jackson, that Harper Murray, that uh, Choboy, that these are all freshmen, that yes. th- these are all freshmen with this. There's not a senior on this team, I mean, but especially that the freshmen sort of feel like they have, in a short yeah. period of time, some real ownership and personality oh, in, yeah. in this team as well. Yeah, it, but they've blended beautifully. I, I don't, I, I, I see genuine, uh, love for each other, great chemistry. You never know. I mean, I'm kind of a, you know gazing from the yeah, the airplane and watching from the seats like everybody else. But you really get the sense they care a lot about each other, and that is so instrumental. I can think of you know USC in 2015 self destructed, Texas in 2021 self destructed. Chemistry is everything. Well, I mean, we talked about, I mean, yep. Allie Bate, I could see Allie Bate and yeah. Horst throwing a fit. I could see, you know, Heck Kennedy, yeah. how about Kennedy Orr? I mean, the role that she's, she's adopted now, I mean, she's come, she's getting some time, yeah. she's serving, but, I, you know, from, if I were these players, I'd adopt a, a wham philosophy, W-A-M, what about me? But no, they're yeah. like, we over, no, hold on, what is the whole deal, what do they say, we over me? 
Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think I, I mean I think Kennedy Orr is I, I've heard some oh. of we have our I mean I think she's Amazing. committed from everything that I hear about it. Yep. Just a great a great teammate, and she's found a role. She's she does she's is it is it because she's just in that top group of they, servers that's they, why she's able to do that well she, she's tweaked her serve last year a lot of service errors this year it's in and it's tough to handle she she's got one ace but she takes him out of system and her digging's a bit of a surprise yeah. i'm sure not for the team and the coaches but for me at least wow she's had some big digs yeah rocket digs so then you start to think okay how do we keep her on the floor more often well she's coming in for a half rotation for lexi rodriguez so right. that's the problem right. but she's found a nice role and she's running points that certainly happened against long beach so everyone's contributing yeah um i've got I, especially during that stanford game becca alec was one of the most entertaining players just during during the entire thing just becca. everything she brings she's the body to that, bumper to intensity and and uh yeah it's, it's a little bit i remember nicklin hames doing that stuff but she even goes she goes to a new level but it's fun to watch yeah attitude she has so much poise too she's She's uh, ahead of her time. I've, I've seen her handle the fans. I've seen her out in public. She's really an impressive young woman, and she's a leader. I'm a little surprised she's not a tri-captain or a co-captain, but her day right. is coming. She's she's special. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Uh, we are now in conference oh, season, JB. Everyone's zero and zero. Rutgers zero. is starting to dream right now. <laughs> I was thinking this is our year. Uh, starting out this weekend with with about as hard as it can get without Wisconsin, I think. Uh, Ohio State and Minnesota, but both in Lincoln. What's the state of kind of the Big Ten right now compared to what it was expected to be at the beginning of the season now that we've been through non-conference? Well, compared to last year, it's a little down. But compared to the beginning of the season, it's probably as expected. Ohio State's got a complete overhaul. I mean, we've got an extreme makeover. They've got a, com- a complete overhaul because they lost five seniors. Mm. That you know, Kylie Murr went to Minnesota. Mac Pedraza, the setter, went to Penn State. And the head coach, Jen Flynn Oldenburg, just decided – you know, I've committed uh, to these incoming freshmen years ago with scholarships. We don't have any scholarships. And I guess all the fr- the seniors last year that, you know, led them nearly to a Final Four but never got quite got there decided, look, we're either all staying or we're all going. And so they all peeled off, and, and all of them are still playing. No, None of them went pro. I, there are other outside hitters at Oregon. Right. So uh, this is a, uh, a, a shadow of the Ohio State from a year ago. Interesting. And they're still, you know, highly competitive, but they've lost against Stanford, and they've lost. They've had a highly rigorous schedule, and they've they've lost quite a few matches. So I think they're a little bit of a Kentucky. They're going to be stronger with time, and then Minnesota got beat by Creighton, uh, and yeah. that's without Nora Sis. So, without Sis, yeah. I want. Okay, I didn't know if she was back or not. They're and, four and four right now. Yeah, Minnesota's had a, again a, another gauntlet of a schedule, and uh, they've got a couple decent. Uh, wins against ranked opponents, but they've had quite a few losses against ranked opponents. But Creighton took them down. Huge win for the Blue Jays. Taylor Landfair hit under 100. This is one of the elite outside players. She was a conference player of the year last year for Minnesota. Uh, they've got um, a fabulous uh, setter who's 6'2". Yeah. So they're they're loaded. Tall setters. But they got Seems a new. Like... They got, they got, they've had a bit of an overhaul, and they've got a new coach. Yeah. So Minnesota's in in change. As it's well. it's it's hard to make much sense out of these records because, like JB said, some of the schedules were just gauntlets. Totally but different. Maryland's ten and two. Rutgers is eight and two. Indiana's ten and three. Michigan State's eight and three. Penn State six and three. Michigan State's eight and three. Yeah. Michigan. I got to look at that schedule. Iowa's eight and four. I got to look at that schedule. Yeah, yeah. Purdue six and three. I mean, you got to get to the bottom of the standings to get to Minnesota at four and four and Ohio State at three and six. 
Yep. Way, way down. By the way, speaking of schedule, how is it that volleyball gets what seems like to be a round robin of all like the top six teams in an, an entire week or two? What, yeah, they, I mean, how does this well, work exactly? Louisville and Kentucky and then Stanford and Nebraska forged this four-year scheduling partnership where they uh, that where Louisville and Kentucky play both Stanford and uh, one of them plays both Stanford and Nebraska, and then the other. So. Um, and then Stanford and Nebraska play each other. That partnership ends after next year. Furthermore, with Stanford joining the ACC, where Louisville is, we're going to have to rethink I, it. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not complaining, but it seems like as volleyball is getting more attention, mm-hmm. it almost feels like football in that there's like a 10-team like a group yeah. that is getting all of the attention now. And that's kudos to the coaches, because that's risky, especially if you're in the Big Ten, because you yeah. know it's going to be rugged in the Big Ten. Illinois, back in 2014, missed the NCAA tournament. They had been in the championship match in 2011 because they had overscheduled, and you have to be 500 or above to make the NCAA tournament. So they had this loaded team, but they finished one game below 500 yeah. because they had a really rugged non-conference. They, you know, Their conference schedule season, they went 500. Well, they missed the entire tournament, and they could have been a regional team. Right. And I think I think there was a lot of attention, I'm sure, by John Cook put into the way this schedule was set up as well, as you kind yeah. of built up to... Incrementally yeah. more and more difficult. Yeah, Matt Rule would have liked to have done that, I think, with his schedule this year. Bill Snyder. That's a pos- <laughs> That wasn't incremental. That was staying in the Valley for an entire month. You know, the, the, it worked. <laughs> it worked. I'm not saying do that. Nebraska's volleyball no. yeah, is right, well right. beyond that. No. But no. Heck, if I'm the coach of Rutgers, I'm the coach of Iowa. That's how I do it. <sighs> All build right. confidence. Well, it's been it's been fun listening to you uh, over the course of this thing. I've been uh, been doing that. Really, lo- look forward to the matches again um, a, a whole lot, and and I always do. But man, they're just so fun. They're so yeah. fun to watch and listen to this year. This so. is special. Since 2015, this group, this I call it the Golden Age of Nebraska volleyball. Four Final Fours, uh, five Final Fours. And also, you've got two national championships since yeah. 2015. Yeah. Five Final Fours, two national championships, and no end seemingly in sight because this this team is just re- a rejuvenated version of what we've yeah, seen well, in recent past. Hopefully, it'll go on forever, but at some point, it may not. So I hope people are enjoying this. Take, while don't it's take here, it for granted. So, yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, just ask people who grew up in the 90s with football. That's all you got to do. Yeah, but what if they never lose again? That's also a possibility given the way things are set up, at least <laughs> roster-wise. <laughs> JB, great to talk to you. Look forward to hearing you on the call Friday and Sunday, right? Yes. Friday and Sunday. That was Caleb. That was Caleb. Thank you. That's for, right. Thanks for introducing <laughs> introducing the members of the show. The people just chimed <laughs> in like, what, who's that guy? What happened? <laughs> got to make sure. All right, it's 856 on three of us here. KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Whew. Busy day. Busy day. Thanks to Joe Jordan, Matthew Boring, John Baylor. I think that's everybody we had on the show today. Tomorrow, busy day again. Watch Happy <laughs> Ride Wednesday. Yes? Watch Happy Ride Wednesday. Uh, think of all of the things that have been annoying you for the last week and make sure and jot them down or text them to us when they happen. At 402-479-1400. Or you can wait for the Facebook post if you prefer to do it that way. Facebook.com slash LNK today. Also on the show tomorrow, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird and John Bishop as well. So, we're going to be busy, plus more Fantasy Huskers as well. So, we will be ready to go for you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Dan Parsons Show this afternoon, 5 to 6. It is 9 o'clock on KLIM Lincoln.